Oh, somebody worship him. If you know he's a mighty God, that he's worthy of all praise, he's worthy of all glory, somebody magnify him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're holy, you're righteous, you're worthy, God. Oh, come on, for just a moment, lift up your hands and worship the Lord. We magnify you, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Someone must have tried to heat up a hot pocket or something. Amen. Oh, let's lift up our hands all across the building. Let's worship him. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's pray. Oh, God, we love you. Jesus, you are everything to us. You are worthy of our highest praise, God. We're so grateful to be in your house, God, to be in your presence, to be with your people, God. We are praying, Lord, that you would bless, that you would touch, God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Good to see everybody in the house of God here today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. I want to say how good it is to see everyone in the house of God. All the beautiful smiling faces. Uh, now, I know that this week is uh, Engage. It's our youth conference. But... You don't have to be young to show up. In fact, we want everybody in the church to come. Hallelujah. You might, you may not feel young, but you're all deputized as young people from today on. And so you might have gray hair. We'll just call it blonde. Hallelujah. But we want you to feel welcome to come uh, this Thursday night and Friday night. It'll be at 730 at the community center. Um, and again, that will be 730, 7 o'clock for prayer if you want to come a little early. Um, and, and, and get a seat and all of that good stuff. Uh, you know, invite your friends, invite your neighbors. Now, i got to apologize. We've had some troubles with our uh, our flyer printing on this one. Um, we'll go into details at a different time. But uh, suffice it to say, there won't be a flyer this year, and, uh, and we do apologize for that, but that's not intentional. Hallelujah. And so, uh, Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse number 1. Jeremiah 18 and 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hands, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. The Bible says that the clay was marred in the hand of the potter. But he did something about it. He made it again a 
another vessel. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Marred no more. Marred no more. Would you set your Bibles down and lift up your hands and let's pray. Oh, come on, let's worship him. We love you, Jesus. Come on, I don't know about you, but I feel him in this house. I feel his power. I feel his presence. I feel his love. I feel his goodness. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We pray that you would touch every mind, every heart, every life, God, here today. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in the wonderful name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Shake your neighbor's hand, greet him in the name of the Lord, and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Marred no more. Hallelujah. Jeremiah is what we would call one of the major prophets. Now, uh, we would call somebody like Daniel, one of the minor prophets, and some of these other guys, uh, you know, he's kind of halfway Daniel. But it's not saying that one is better than the other. It's, it's basically saying one's a longer writer than the other. And so Jeremiah was a major prophet because he wrote a, sh he wrote a whole lot. He, he didn't write a short book. He wrote a very long book. And so uh, Jeremiah is, is very prolific in his writings. Um, but Really, he was coming to Israel, and he was trying to plead with them on behalf of God. As any good prophet would, he would try to work with Israel, but at the same time, uh, he has to keep what God has told him. He has to hold on to what God has told him. He's got to walk out and to live the word that God has put in his mouth. In fact, you might remember that it was Jeremiah that, that the Bible says that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and I had ordained you. Can I tell somebody that before you were even born, that God really does have a plan for your life? Amen. Jeremiah, I know that you don't feel like it. Maybe you didn't see it. You didn't hear it. But before you were even formed in your mother's womb, I had a plan for you. I had a purpose for you. And this is your purpose, to be a prophet to my nation, to be a speaker of my words, to go and to share forth my, my testimony, if you will. And so Jeremiah is at first a little nervous because he's young, and he says, don't worry about that. You just go and be my mouthpiece. And Jeremiah goes, and he listens to the voice of God. And Jeremiah does whatever he can, and, and he lets God speak to him and through him in many different ways. Jeremiah is one of those people that always seems to have an object lesson. Uh, Jeremiah is the one that would see a, a, a branch of an almond tree. It was Jeremiah that would, would begin to see the potter's house. It was Jeremiah that would see the broken jars. It was Jeremiah that would begin to see and to purchase a field. It was Jeremiah that was not just doing something in the natural just for it to be natural, but God was trying to tell him something in every Thing that he was told to do. Can I just tell you for just one moment that you've got to learn how God speaks to you. 
everybody is going to be spoke to a little bit differently. There's not one way. God speaks in dreams. God speaks in visions. God will, God will speak to some people like Elijah in a still, small voice. But you've got to learn how God speaks to you. Amen. If you don't learn how God speaks to you, you might miss the message. But you got to look and be like Jeremiah where God can say, come with me down to the potter's house and to get a word from God. Now, I, I'm a little bit like that myself where I can be driving down the road and I can see something. I, I feel like I can be like Solomon and I can see an ant and that ant will begin to preach a message to me and begin to speak a word to me right then and there. But there's other people that that work a little bit different. They might be like Elijah in a cave and they need a still small voice. They might need fire to fall from heaven and there's people like that and if that's the only way God speaks to you, uh, then, then that's fine. You hold on to that. But there's other people like Jacob that he gets a word from God. He sees ladders ascending and descending as he's on running from his brother. But now he's in a position where he is running from Laban and he's running into his brother and he thinks to himself, I need a word from God. Anybody ever been there? You need a word from God. You need to, you need to know where you got to go, and you got to learn where it is and how it is that God speaks to you when you need a word from God. Because if you ever get to a desperate situation, you can't wait for anything else. You can't wait on anybody else. You've got to get a word from God, and you got to get it right then and there. I promise you, there will come times in life where we've got to hear from God. We've got to hear from God. And there is no other option. There is no other way. And, and, and all of a sudden, Jacob realized, i got to go back and i gotta, I got to think back in my mind to the last time God spoke to me. And, and never forget the times that God has spoken to you and the ways that God has spoken to you. Because often, now God can do it any way he wants, but often God will go back and do it again and again and again. And Jacob thought to himself, the last time God spoke to me, I was all by myself. Can I preach to somebody for a moment? Uh, when you got to hear from God, it ain't time to hear from everybody else. Uh, sometimes you got to get off by yourself. Because if you listen to everybody else, uh, you might miss the word of God. And Jacob said, I got to get away from everybody. Uh, I'll go to a place where it's dark, it's cold, and it's alone. Because I remember the last time it was cold and it was dark and I was alone. And I saw angels ascending and descending. And, I got and he got alone. And all of a sudden he wrestled with an angel until the breaking of the day. Uh, sometimes you got to get to a place uh, where you get alone with God so you can hear his voice. Lift up your hands and let's worship him for just a moment. Come on, there's some people that you might need a word from God. Today's your day. You can, you can get a word from God. You just got to go after it. You got to run after that word. There, Jeremiah, he's, he's, he's doing what he always does. He's, he's, he's living for God. And God speaks to him and tells him, I got a lesson for you. You need to go down to the potter's house. The potter's house, I'm going to begin to cause you to hear my words. It's going to be at a certain type of place. Can I just put a plug in here for the church of the living God? Amen. The church of the living God is a great place to hear his words. 
The church, mm, hallelujah, the house of God is a great place to hear from God. If you don't know how you're going to get a word from God, I can tell you there's a place where God doesn't stop speaking, and it's in the house of God. It's in the church. Hallelujah. In fact, let me just say this. My Bible tells me that Jesus went into the synagogue on the Sabbath as was his custom. And if that was his earthly custom, I got news for you, honey. Jesus comes to church all the time. There's, there's people that might miss a service, but Jesus hasn't ever missed a service. He knows i got to be there because somebody's got to hear from me. I'm going to be there because i got to speak a word. i got to be there because i got to inquire. i got to help somebody inquire of me. Oh, somebody clap your hands and magnify him. Hallelujah. But he tells him, go down to the potter's house, and I'm going to cause you to hear my words. And he goes down, and he begins to see the potter working with clay. I can only imagine all the things that he saw when he entered into the potter's house. As a preacher, I can, be, I can imagine because I walked into, into different places, and I, I look around, and it makes me think, and I, I begin to ponder all the different things. No doubt he saw some jars that were already finished. He saw some jars that were broken into pieces. He saw, he saw some clay that was on the wheel. We know that it's in the Bible, and I have no doubt he saw some clay that was in a bag and some clay that was, was, was already there ready to be worked with. Uh, you know what he was seeing? He was seeing in the potter's house, uh, everybody's in the progress. Uh, everybody's in the process. Uh, every, they may not be at the same place, uh, but everybody's got a process. Amen. Can I help somebody for just a moment? Uh, please have a little mercy on some of us uh, that haven't made it as far in the process. Uh, there's some folks uh, that might still be at the beginning stages uh, of the process. Uh, there's some people that might have gotten broken in their process. Uh, but hold on, honey. The potter's still working. Hold on. God's still molding. God's still shaping. God's still working. Oh, somebody clap your hands and magnify him. all the different processes and progress of, of the clay and I thought about it to myself what, what is clay, where is clay found clay is made up it's made up from minerals plant life some animals and, 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 and ingredients in the soil and over time water pressure and the pressure from the earth begins to break down the organic matter and it begins to break down the minerals into smaller and smaller pieces and and, and, and it goes from being maybe rocks, the water breaks through it, and maybe it's a mineral, and the water breaks through it, and the pressure breaks through it, and it begins to become a fine powder, and, and the organic material begins to, to connect uh, the, or the different minerals and the different soil and all these things together. It becomes a silt uh, underneath all of the rocks. It becomes uh, the bottom layer of a riverbed. It's just, it's there, and it's at the very bottom, and, and there is this and this is what a potter has to go after the potter that is looking to make something he has to go after this fine powdery when it's dry material but when it's when it's there it's on the very bottom can I preach to somebody for just a moment uh, that when God found you and when God found me he didn't find me at the top 
Oh, hallelujah. Let me preach to some folks. Uh, maybe he found you at the top, but the truth is, uh, if we were to be honest, uh, God did not find us at the top. God found us at the very bottom. God found us underneath rocks. God found us underneath some things. There was some pressure on us. There was some things that broke us down into a fine powder. If we were to be real, there were some things that were over us. We had taskmasters and we had things that we could not get rid of and things that we could not overcome. And yet God said, that's what I'm going after. And yet God said, that's what I'm going to work with. Oh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. There, is, there, are, there are stages of clay. That first stage is what they call the slip. It's the potter's glue, if you will. It is that silt at the bottom of a riverbed. It is what is underneath the topsoil as you dig down, and it's what is retaining the water and stopping the water from going all the way uh, through the earth it's 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 that thing and the and the potter has to go and dig through a field and remove topsoil and remove excess dirt and take this 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 wet clay if you will it's it's not perfect it's got rocks in there it's got dirt in there. It's got objects. It's got things that haven't quite been processed yet. And, and he's got to grab that and he puts it in his bag. He puts it in his basket. Amen. He digs as far down as he has to to get it. Because my Bible tells me that the arm of the Lord is not shortened. God can reach down to wherever anybody is. They could be at the lowest place, but God can reach them. They could be at their darkest place, but God can reach them. They can be at their worst, and yet God can reach them. But let me just help somebody for a moment that has the ideology, i got to get good before I get God. When he gets that, when he gets that slip, if you will, out of its quarry and underneath all those rocks, it's still got excess materials that cannot be used in a, in, in a jar, that cannot be used in pottery. It's still got excess dirt that's got to go away that isn't really part of the clay. It's got objects and it's got things that will gouge the potter if he puts it on its wheel right there. Amen. Can I help somebody? God is not afraid of your dirt. God is not afraid of the mess in which he finds us in. In fact, it was while we were yet sinners that Christ died for us. He said, I will go and I'll pick you up when you're the most broken, when you're the most messed up, because I got a work to do in your life. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Let's pray for just a moment. Come on, there's some people today, you might be the slip, you might be the potter's glue, you might be there at the base level, and you just got a bunch of stuff in your life that you can't get rid of, but he's coming for you, he's coming for you, he's coming to work on you, he's coming to clean your life out. Amen. It's there that he will take it. At least somebody thinks so. Hallelujah. Thank you, Thane. But it's there. We got a lot of junk. We got a lot of mess. And he's got to take that clay. He's got to then put it through a wire wicker basket, if you will, or some fine cheesecloth. 
and he's got to get all of the moisture out of it. He's got to push through and, and try to get all of the excess materials that won't do well inside of the clay. He's got to get rid of all of the impurities. And, and it goes to the next stage. It's, it's what is known as plastic or wet clay. It's, it's now what it's ready for what they call pinch construction. It's ready for the stamping and the molding and the modeling. It's now it's now workable. It's no longer just this wet mess of dirt. It's now something that can be molded and shaped. It's now something that he can put on, on his table and he begin to mash it down and now know there's going to be nothing in that clay that's going to hurt my hands. It's now purified a little more but it ain't done yet. Let me help somebody. You might be better than you were when God found you, but he's not done with you yet. Don't stop there. Don't stay there. God's got more work. Don't give up on the potter because he hasn't given up on you. Don't quit yet. He's still working on you. He's still ready to mold and shape. And there's a lot of people, okay, when God pulls them out, gets all the stuff off of them, cleans them up, but then he starts pinching on them and he starts pulverizing them. Because he's got to work out all the air bubbles. <laughs> if he doesn't work out all the air bubbles, when he puts it in that furnace, it'll crack. He's got to take out, not j he took out a lot of the impurities, but now he's got to take care of all the gaps. And he's got to close the gaps between what they are and what they should be. Can I preach to somebody? He's got to take the gaps and seal them up. Because in the day of fire, in the day of pressure, he doesn't want that to crack. He doesn't want that pottery to fall apart. I come to help somebody if God's smashing you it's because he knows there might be fire coming and it's not to hurt you it's to purify you but he's got to work on you right now oh somebody praise him come on for, for 30 seconds lift up your voice and magnify Jesus come on let's magnify him you might feel like his hand is smashing down, but God is working you. God is working you. God is working you. Thank God that he's working. Oh, somebody magnify him. Oh, Jesus. And so he will push it on his table. He will smash it down. And people are usually in this position where they just, I was okay with him pulling me out and lifting things off of me. Now he's pinching me. Now he's pressing me. Now he's, now he's moving things out of my life, air bubbles. Sometimes God got to remove pride out of people. Sometimes push it out. Because some things don't want to come out easy. He's got to push them out. He's got to grind them out. He's not trying to kill nobody. He's not trying to hurt nobody. What he's doing is he's saying, no, you don't know what you're about to be. You don't know what I'm making you. Let me just grind this out. Let God grind on you a little bit. Let God smash you down a little bit. Let God roll you into a little ball a little bit. Let God put you on his table and just roll you back and forth because he's working. He's working and he's making some that is not to be known right now, but it's coming. There he rolls them. And then he moves on to the next stage. It's, it's, it's where he gets it on the wheel. Now it's been smashed. They got rid of all the air pockets. Now I can actually get to work. Oh, what do you mean you can just now get to work? I thought you were working all this time. I thought I, thought I was almost done. Let me help somebody that thinks they're almost done. Hey, hallelujah. 
he that has begun a good work in you will finish it to the day of Christ. And that day isn't yet, so he ain't knowing nobody. So there he begins to put it on the wheel. But now he realizes it's been out for a little bit. He lets it get a little dry. Some people are all right when God pulls them out because it feels good. And he begins to work on them. But then he starts smashing them, and they start drying out. You got to be careful when you get dry. Because if you get too dry, he can't work with you. You need the water of the word. <laughs> you need the water of the word. You can't get too dry because that makes you where you're no longer pliable. You're no longer flexible. He can no longer move you and roll you. And mm -hmm. So what he does is he takes it, puts it on the wheel, and he begins to put water on it. You got to thank God for every preaching you've ever heard. What God is doing, it's the washing of the water by the word. He's saying, if I'm going to work on you, you've got to let this water in your life. If I'm going to mold you, you've got to let this word in your life. If I'm going to be able to change you, you've got to let this book become real in your life. You've got to let this book begin to water your life. Mm -hmm. And he puts that water on there. And then he gets him on his wheel. He's got that water on there. But it doesn't stay there. He begins to work a foot pedal. And as he works that foot pedal, that wheel begins to turn. And now because it's, it's, it's got all the air pockets out, and now that it's been rolled out, and now that it's got finally to the point that he wants it, and now that it's received the water that was given to it, you got to receive the Word of God. you got to receive the Word of God. Every time it's prayed, you got to receive the Word. And now that it's accepted it and it's no longer as dry, uh, he begins to pump that wheel and it begins to spin. Uh, and now he doesn't have to pound it. Now he doesn't have to punch it. Uh, all he's got to do is slightly put its hands uh, on it and it begins to move with the hand uh, of the Master. Can I help somebody? Uh, when God steps into a service, uh, it's not time to sit there uh, and be quiet uh, and look stagnant. Out. No, it's time to say the hand of God is moving, and all I got to do is let his hand move over me as I begin to worship him, and I begin to respond to him. It's not time to go back a stage and get dry. No, that water's on me. I'm ready. Go ahead and mold me. Pump that wheel. Keep me turning, and put your hand on me, because as you do it, I begin to mold. As you do it, I begin to shape. Somebody needs God's hand on their life right now. Oh, would you lift up your voice and let's pray right now. I'm almost done preaching. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving in this building. God's hand is moving in this building. The wheel is turning. You got to move with him. You got to move with him. Let his hand rest on your life. He's shaping you with every move of God. He's changing you with every word of God. He's changing you and shaping us with every worship service, with every prayer meeting, with every preaching. He's shaping us. That's where some people, they don't, they don't know how to handle that. Because there's times where he puts his hand on it. And there's times where he lets the wheel do its work. It's okay when God puts his hand there. But what happens when everything's spinning? 
and his hand is nowhere to be found. And you can't see a straight path. And all you feel like is you're going in circles and in circles. And it seems like everything in your world is spinning. And you don't know why. Can I help somebody? You're on the potter's wheel. Amen. I want to tell you, you might feel like everything's spinning out of control. It ain't spinning out of control, honey. It's the potter's wheel. And it's molding you. And it's shaping you. He's letting gravity and life do its work. It's just beginning to pull on you this direction and that direction. And at any moment that it starts to lose its shape, he brings his hand back and he begins to mold it again. And then he lets it off and he puts it in. you got to let God work on you however God wants to work on you and trust that the potter knows best. Oh, somebody lift up your voice. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Lift up your hands. Come on, the potter knows best. I'm telling you, God knows exactly what he's doing. Well, I don't understand it. He never asked you to understand it. There's a peace that passes all understanding. He might have his hand on you right now or he might have moved it away. But you've got to trust that every time things are spinning, every time that wheel is moving, God is working. God is working. God is working. Oh, let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I feel him. Let's pray. I got a lot to preach today, but let's pray. I feel him right now. I feel him working on somebody right now. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah. See, this is, this is probably the most crucial time. This is the most crucial time. Because he knows whatever I form them to be right now, if I, if, I, if I just accept it as it is, it'll stay this way. Yeah. And so the Bible says that he watched as this potter began to work the wheel. And as he worked the wheel, all we know is that this clay began to move. And it got marred. It got marred how? In the hand of the potter. Mm-hmm. Let me help somebody for just a moment. You marred, but it was in the hand of the potter. And there's some people that can't get past that right there. Because it's easier to get marred by other people. It's, it's easy to get marred by other things and other situations. But what happens when God's hand's there and gravity and life flings you against God's hand and what he was molding seems like you're starting over. Oh, let me help somebody. And all of a sudden, gravity and that wheel begins to pull you and the potter's hand instead of gliding around it. Amen. All of a sudden, you knock against the hand and all of a sudden, it seems like you collapse in on yourself. I've come to let you know God does not want to leave anybody there. God will not leave anybody there. It doesn't matter if it was your fault, life's fault, their fault, this fault. God's saying, I won't leave you there because if I leave you there, you'll stay there. You'll die there. You'll shape there. Oh, somebody worship him. Somebody worship him. It might have been marring, but it was in the hands of the potter. God still got his hand on you. He hasn't stopped yet. He hasn't quit yet. So don't give up on the potter. Don't give up on God. He's not stopping. Oh, somebody pray. Let's stand all across the building and lift up our hands. Come on, let's pray all across the building. 
Let's pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. You might be marred, but God still got his hand on you. Come on, you might have been marred while trying to do his will, but God still got his hand on you. You might have felt this or felt that, but God still got his hand on you. It ain't time to jump off the wheel. God's not finished. God knows. Sometimes that happens. You know, really, the truth story of why it gets marred typically? It's lost too much moisture. It started getting dry again. And now when the hand of the potter starting to try to glide on it, it's now got friction. And now it twists. You got to be careful that you, you, you throw this word out or you, you get dry in your spirit and you stop praying. Can I help somebody? Come on, we're in church here today. This is reality. If a Christian or an apostolic person gets too dry, then the next time God comes by to move on them, uh, they get twisted and they don't understand what God is really doing. Uh, he's working. He's not hurting. Uh, he's helping. He's not hurting. Uh, and so what he's got to do is exactly what he did the first time. Uh, he dumped some more water on it. Uh, and the Bible says this. It was marred in the hands of the potter. So what did he do? Throw it away? Hmm. You don't throw away things like that. It's still got value. It's not finished yet. So don't give up on it. Don't quit yet. He dumped some more water on it. That's what we need. We need some more preaching. We need some more prayer meetings. We need another day of fasting. We got to get back to reading the Bible and just let God speak so we can be pliable and movable and shapeable. Dumps that water back on it and says, you know, I'm not even going to make this what I was going to make it. See, you thought it was just a mistake. But you know what? There, there was something happening right there. There was a miracle in that mistake. He said, you know what? Maybe I just, I'm going I'm to make this thing. I'm not going to make it just a little bit better. I'm not just going to fix the one little area. I'm going to just go ahead and reshape it altogether. You're not starting over. <laughs> Let me help somebody. You're not starting over. God's just making you new. God's just making something new out of that clay. You're not starting over. God is saying, let me mold you again. And my Bible says that he made it again a new vessel. As seemeth good to the potter. Let that preach to somebody for just one moment. It's not what seemeth good to you or to me or to anybody else. It's what seems good to the potter. We gotta put our trust back in the potter. We gotta put our trust back in God. I don't know what you're doing right now, but if you're reshaping, restructuring, whatever you gotta do, somebody's just gotta say, Lord, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm pliable. I'm ready. Amen. You go ahead and make me whatever you wanna make me. God knows if I leave you at this place, marred and broken. Can I help somebody? There is something God can do in everybody's life. There is a healing that goes below scars. Goes below marring. There is a reshaping and a restructuring that can go by every hurt, every pain, and can completely... People won't even know what happened to you. People won't even recognize you anymore. You're a completely new creature in Christ. Why? You stayed on the wheel. And you let God work on you. 
Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Would you lift up your voice and let's pray? Come on, lift up your voice. You can go beyond the marring. You can go beyond the scarring. You can let God absolutely remake you, regenerate you, renew you, restore you, revive you, absolutely change everything. You know why God doesn't want to leave the mar there? I'll tell you why. Because then as soon as he gets off the wheel, he sets it out to dry. And after it's done drying, he'll put it in the furnace. Just like the Bible says, every work will be tried with fire. And there will be vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor in the house of God. There will be vessels of gold and silver, hay and stubble. And every man's work will be tried with fire. But here's what happens to clay when you put it in fire. It hardens. It hardens and it gets there and it stays permanent the way the potter made it. And he knew if I leave it with this mess and if I leave it with this mar and if I leave it with this gouge and I put it in that furnace, somebody's going to cut themselves on this. Somebody's going to hurt themselves on this. Somebody's going to bleed on this vessel. But I didn't cause this vessel to be made so someone would get hurt. I caused this vessel so someone could get blessed. And he says, let me make you again. So when I put you through the test, when I put you through the trial, when I put you through the fire, you come out purified, not broken. You come out solid, not cracked. You come out better, not worse. Somebody lift up your hands. I want us to come and pray. Oh, somebody pray. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Let, let the potter put his hand back on you. Because when God gets done with you, you'll be a blessing. When God gets done with us, we'll be able to pour out. We won't leak out. When God gets done with us, we'll be better. Come on, would you pray all across the building? If you're visiting with us here today, I want to invite you down to this altar. I'd like to invite you to come pray and say, God, I don't know what stage I'm at right now, but you can put your hand on my life. I might be in sin. I might be in the world, but God, you can baptize me. Jesus, you can wash me completely. God, you can pull me out of this world and put me in the church. You can bring me to the potter's house. I won't quit on that. God, you can put me on the wheel. You can spin me around. You can crush me. You can pound. You can push down. You can roll me. But Lord, don't ever stop working on me. Come on, somebody pray. As it seems good to the potter. As it seemed good to the potter. You can go beyond your marring. You can go beyond your scarring. Let God's hand on your life again. Let God's hand on your life again. Let God move on you again. Let God's spirit touch you again. In the name of Jesus, let's pray. Nights. Nice. 
church the holy ghost is in this building let god put his hand on you again let him dump that water that refreshing on you let him roll you around again spin you around whatever he's got to do he's working on you no one loves like you do so many painful thoughts travel through my mind and i want trust you Lord it's not easy sometimes the pain in my life makes you seem far away but I'll trust you I need to know you're here through the tears and the pain through the heartache and rain I'll trust you Lord it's not easy Sometimes the pain in my life makes you seem far away. I'll trust you. I need to know you're here through the tears and the pain, through the heartache and rain. 
You're here. 